All right. Welcome back. Quit having so much fun. This is church. All right, that got your attention. Okay, great. So, you know, I got to say, I'm very thankful, obviously, for so many things the Lord does. I'm thankful that we can be a part of a church that cares. And I hope that if you're new here, especially, that, that you feel welcome because we really are glad that you're here. We, we really do mean it. And, and I'm really thankful for the body of Christ. I, I'm, I don't want to embarrass Deb, but I'm so thankful for Deb Fox. I'm thankful for how God's used her. And, and let me just tell you, um, as, you know, as an experienced missionary, um, Deb's a good missionary. I mean, she really is. And, I mean, they're, they're doing the right thing. And I'm super thankful because she goes about doing what she does you know, entirely differently than the way I go about doing some things that I do because God made us all in the body different, amen? So whoever you are and however you are, man, God has a way to use you and to use you in amazing ways. And so what Deb represents for me and for us at First Baptist Church is, is really what I want for all of us. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about our vision going forward. And every year we do this, we clear off a space to do that. But ultimately, what we want to see are mature Christians taking a step of faith and going out to reach more people in new places. And, and that's really, you know, spoiler alert, that's where we're going with all this. That's all we ever desire of any of us. Where exactly that is and how that works out, well, that's between you and the Lord, and, and hopefully together we can determine exactly what God wants for us. So if you are a guest with us today, if this is your first or second or third time and you're new to First Baptist Church and you're still kind of just you know, sticking your toes in the water and checking us out and seeing whether or not you like it here or whatever. Um, I hope that you appreciate, this is actually a really good week to be here because although it's an unusual Sunday and we're going to jump into a Bible study series next Sunday, a uh, new Bible study series in the book of Second Peter, um, today you kind of get to peek behind the curtain a little bit and you get to kind of get a little bit better idea of what makes us tick and, and what we're all about and, and what we focus on and why we do the things that we do. So hopefully that'll be encouraging to you if you're new. And for those of us that are home folk and we come here all the time, a lot of the things that we'll go over will be a reminder, but sometimes we need to be reminded, amen? Sometimes we need to be reminded of what's going on and how it's going on and uh, just use it as an opportunity to, you know, reevaluate our own hearts and our lives and, and why you know, we focus and talk about the things that we focus and talk about all the time. So our annual, you know, Sunday at the beginning of January vision uh, update is intended to be both informative and challenging. So I couldn't think of a better title. I just called it Inform and Challenge. Uh, and that's what we'll see as we go through. There'll be two points. One will be inform, one will be challenge. There you go. Um, but my prayer is, is that you will all, each of us will, consider ourselves today. And uh, where, where am I in this big picture? Because a vision Sunday is, is basically we're painting a big picture so that you can find where you fit in that picture so that you can know maybe what your next step is. And that's really what it all is about. Um, so God always challenges us to this kind of an application, right? In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, I love where the Bible says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. And so the Lord admonishes all of us to be continually examining our own lives. 
So even if some of the details of things that we'll talk about today are review for some of you folks that are faithfully coming here, uh, would you prayerfully consider continuing to examine yourself and your application as how these things play out to you? I, I guess the question would be, is where you're at satisfactory to you? Or maybe is where you're at, do you think, satisfactory to the Lord? And maybe it is. I don't know. Because the goal, I believe, is very clear. James chapter 1, starting in verse 22, it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So the Lord makes it very clear. We take a look into his word, the perfect law of liberty. It's likened unto a looking glass, a mirror. And as we look into it, we're to see ourselves. We're to then examine ourselves. And, and we're, gonna, we're to see that, hey, am I a doer of the things that I see? Or am I just a forgetful hearer? I see the things, I hear about them, I acknowledge them intellectually, but then I go my way and continue to live the same way I used to always live. Well, that's the goal for me, at least every year as your pastor at the beginning of the year, is just kind of hit the reset, just remind us of the big picture so that we can move forward. So, man, I hope that you'll all want to move forward with us. Let me just go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll jump in. So, Heavenly Father, as we do come before you, as we have already, we just beg you to give us clear vision. Open our eyes that we would see wondrous things. Open our hearts and our minds. Give us understanding. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves clearly in the mirror of your word. And I pray that wherever there's a need for change, that you would make that clear and each of us would humbly receive it and make whatever change you might point out. Because, Lord, you deserve to be glorified. You deserve to be served and to be worshipped. You, you are worth all that we have, and, and we want to do our part. So remind us, teach us, open our eyes, and reveal things to us. We love you, Lord, and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to start with some information, and that's really where it has to start. In Proverbs 29 and verse 18 is a verse that's well familiar to so many of you that says that where there is no vision, the people perish. So there's no question that we all need to have vision. We all need to have spiritual vision or we will perish. If we don't understand what God desires, if we don't know where we are going, we're just going to stumble along this road of life and may risk finding ourselves at the wrong place at the end of it, right? So we have to have some vision. We have to understand some things. So that's my goal is to inform you about the direction of our church. So unlike... A business meeting we're gonna kind of do that tonight at 630 um, you know not everybody's cup of tea a business I, that's not what this morning is this morning really is it's a Bible study but it's a Bible study with a very specific targeted application to us in our life and to us as a as a body of a church not just each as individuals we'll, we'll see all these things as we go through so the first thing I have in your notes is our vision at First Baptist Church. And so if you happen to be with us last week, we took some time and we just walked through the first chapter 
of the book of Genesis. And at the beginning of the year, we often encourage everybody to just start reading through your Bible every year. And I hope you're doing that. And if you're following our church's reading plan, you're probably well into the book of Genesis. And I challenge some people to join me and read 10 pages every day, which will take you through the whole Bible twice in a year. So already I've finished the book of Genesis and Exodus. Uh, I hope you're reading regularly as we go through the Bible. But last week we started just to try and kind of prime the pump a little. Gave you some insight and some cool things that God has in Genesis chapter 1 that you might not get just with a very simple reading. So we did that Bible study and, and we looked at some things. And one of the probably most important applications for our lives is when God in day number 6 makes man. Right? He gives us our purpose for living. He gives us our life mission. Right? And in our life mission, fulfilling that mission, fulfilling our purpose as Christian people is very simple. We are to, like Adam and Eve, we are to be fruitful, we are to multiply, and we are to replenish the earth. And so in a spiritual application, being fruitful, well, that's evangelism. That's having fruit of reproduction spiritually. It's leading other people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Multiplying is doing that by raising up those children in the faith so that they can also reproduce and we go on generation after generation we would call that biblical discipleship and we'll talk about these things again in just a minute and then ultimately we talk about global missions and and starting churches and reproducing what we understand all over the world and so be fruitful multiply and replenish the earth is spiritually our mission it's our purpose in life and if that's the case and it is the case then the way that we facilitate that, the way that we have drawn up to help you be able to get handles on how to do that is what we call the path of growth. And the path of growth I put in your notes for you, it's those four circles that we advertise a lot and we talk a lot about. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about each of these steps. And the first of those four steps, and this is a four-step plan, it's really very simple, is to attend. And that's really where you get started. Somebody's new to our church and, and they're starting to get interested and they like it and they say, well, where do I start? Well, you start right here. And you're already here this morning, so congratulations. Good job. And, uh, but what attending does as the first step of growth in your life of faith with the Lord Jesus Christ is, is it proves faithfulness. That's why it's so important. Because attending faithfully regular meetings, regular worship times, it proves your faithfulness to the Lord and then ultimately to his body. And so the way we define it at First Baptist Churches is that we would like to see everybody begin at step one and prove their faithfulness to Sunday morning, 1030, congratulations, attendance, faithfully and regularly, and not or, but and faithfully to a midweek small group. We call those life groups. And so what we have in this room is a big group, and what we have in the middle of the week are a bunch of small groups meeting in different rooms all over this campus. And some meet on Tuesdays, and some meet in the mornings, and most of them meet on Wednesday evenings. And so what we would like to see is every single person who wants to walk with the Lord together with us at First Baptist Church start at step number one and prove your faithfulness in Sunday morning attendance as well as a midweek small group attendance. And, and it really is a critically important part of your Christian life. It's, it's the small group is really the key to you being able to experience and live out 
really the joys of the nuts and bolts of the Christian life. I mean, I am very thankful that you come here and sit and want to hear from the Lord and and truly thankful that you're willing to think that you can hear from the Lord through me. But, But together in this room, we're really not interacting. I'm talking and you're listening. And, uh, and that is an important thing to learn some things. But it is not the totality of your Christian life. You need to be a part of a small group of Christian believers that you can interact with, that you can do things with. And right now, our small group ministries in the, mid- in the midweek uh, are numbering total across the board around 325 to maybe 350 people of us that come faithfully in the middle of the week. And, and that's really... That's not bad. That's, that's, I mean, that's okay. But there's a lot more than that of us in this room today. And so my, my hope is, is that many of you will begin to consider, hey, maybe, maybe I can start doing that. And, and by the way, we, we did, I don't know if you noticed or not, we got brand new signage out in the hallway to advertise the life groups that we have. And if you haven't noticed, when you exit, just walk down the hallway and take a look. Uh, we actually have a new adult life group that will be beginning later on in 2017, and that'll be targeting uh, parents of teenagers. Anybody can attend any life group, but that's kind of a niche group that uh, said, hey, there's a lot of us, and we want to get together and encourage and help one another to grow and, and with the issues of life that we deal with. So there'll be a new life group starting up, and uh, maybe that's you. Maybe that's a group that would interest you, and you can do that. You can join any of the others. But let me just tell you, if you're not a part of a life group, Man, you're missing out. I mean, you just are. Because the life group, man, that's the place where the real body life interaction takes place. And that's where we do uh, prayer. That's where we have a lot of fellowship. That's where we care for one another. It's the channel through which we accomplish all of our local community outreach ministry. A lot of people have great ideas. Hey, why don't we try to reach out to this group? Why don't we try and help this group? Or, well, you know, I've, I have some people that I know that really need a, a caring touch. Well, the life group is the place where we do all that. And man, if you're missing out on that, then, then you're missing out because this is a great, a great opportunity because there's a lot of interaction. And virtually all of our life groups, they're led by y'all. They're, they're led by people in the church. They're not led by the pastoral staff. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to be challenged and be encouraged and to care for one another. What I'd like to do is just remind you, if you are a covenant member of First Baptist Church, uh, at some point in your experience, you signed a membership covenant that said basically in a lot of delineated points that, man, I want to live my life in faithfulness to the Lord together with this body of people who want to live their life in faithfulness to the Lord and And so in that, let me just remind you of what our membership covenant calls for. It says, for example, that uh, we are to participate, we we desire to participate faithfully and regularly in the corporate worship of the church and to actively uphold and participate in the biblical values of the church, committing that I will avoid being merely a Sunday morning church member. And so, man, I would encourage you to seriously consider that. Would you consider, would, would others who view you consider you merely a Sunday morning church member. By the way, that's a great thing, but it can be even greater. There is more available for you. And if you have yet to take advantage of that, man, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's take advantage of that. And it goes on and it says uh, that I want to commit to involve myself actively in the spiritual life and service of the church financially. And, and we'll talk about that later this evening if you get to come back. 
as God prospers me to support its ministry, expenses, and mission. And actually, by the way, uh, any kind of a budget meeting that we do is just another way of having a vision casting meeting. Because really, a, a church's budget, by the way, your family's budget, uh, dis- declares, whether you realize it or not, where your real mission and vision is anyway. And that's what, that's what the case is with our church as well. So we'll do that tonight. Uh, but the, the uh, church covenant also goes on to say that, that we'll submit to the loving rule of the elders of the church as they remain faithful to the word of God. And let me just lovingly encourage you that, that this path of growth, starting with attending and moving through the other circles, this path of growth is the way that we lovingly want to guide each of you <laughs> to participate and to grow in your relationship with the Lord. So that's step one. People come and they wonder, how, wh- what do I do? Where do I go? How do I get started? Well, this is how you get started. It's real easy. Just show up. Just show up. Just be a part. We're not asking you to take over any responsibility. We're not asking you to demonstrate any particular skill or, or bite off more than you can chew. Just, just begin to show faithfulness to the body in a big group and in a small group. And that's, that's how you get started. Well, the next circle in the, in the list is, is number two. We call it learn. Learn. And so, really, there's two subsets of this idea of learning. Obviously, once you've proven some faithfulness, uh, you're going to begin to learn some stuff. You're going to begin to get Bible study. You're going to begin to get challenged. And uh, you're going to begin to learn some things. And so, the two areas where we have available for you to begin to learn more Bible doctrine, uh, one of them is in the 9 a.m. classes. So most of you are probably aware, and if not, be aware, that we have a Bible study hour at 9 o'clock, from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. And every quarter, every 12 weeks, we rotate that into a different set of subjects. And so it's just like a a rotating curriculum of Bible study subjects that are available to you, and and you're available to sign up for any particular subject, subject that interests you. It's not like the old graded Sunday school idea that you always go to the same class with the same people Uh, regardless of what they're teaching. In this case, we offer you uh, just various topics. So this quarter, for example, we have all the ladies meeting in one room, and we have all the guys meeting in a different room. And, you you know, it's a little disappointing that ladies have a lot more people showing up than the guys have showing up. I'm not sure what we're all doing, you know, dropping our wives off and going to McDonald's. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a lot of single ladies. I don't know. But, uh, man, guys, we could step it up a little, right? So there's 60-some ladies showing up regularly, and there's only 40-some guys showing up regularly. Uh, but the total across the board, counting the youth and, and, and whatnot, there's about 150 people. So if we have, you know, 750 to 800 people in the building right now, which is about right, only about, 100, about 20% of them uh, get up early, if, if 9 o'clock, I mean, I'm old now. I can't, I can't sleep past, you know, 6.30 anyway, so I don't know about you. But anyways, uh, that's one way to continue to learn Bible subjects on various topics. I mean, it, how long would you have to come at 10.30 listening to me teach to cover all the various subjects that you might be interested in? Well, this is another opportunity f- for you to learn. But the other area is personal discipleship, and, and the system of personal discipleship, we have a, a book that we use, and if you want more information about that, just check the connection card, or we have a, a discipleship counter out in the lobby. As you exit, you can ask there. Uh, but there's 17 lessons we put together of the foundations of the faith, and, and really this system of biblical discipleship where we will assign a, a, a personal tutor, a mentor, to teach you one-on-one, 
so that you can begin to understand what the Bible says. This system has been in place, I don't know exactly how long, but for sure over 25 years in this church. I mean, it's been going on a long time. Some of you aren't even 25 years old. So, I mean, longer than you've been around. This system's been around. And, and God has used it, and God has trained and taught so many people in so many ways. And what this does, by the way, if you have personally been through, let's do this real quick. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you have completed the lessons of personal discipleship as a student, you have, you have been taught all those lessons, would you just raise your hand? I want you all to look around. How many people have been through this already? Praise the Lord for that. And if you couldn't raise your hand, that means that there's this many people who are qualified to potentially help teach you. And that's the greatest thing of all. So this is the next step of learning. And you know what the Bible says, that if you're going to teach faithful men to continue to learn to grow, to teach other faithful men, that, that prerequisite is they have to be faithful men. So we begin with the faithful thing, right? Just showing yourself faithful to the Lord and to his body. And then we begin to teach faithful men to understand doctrine, to understand the ways of the Lord. The Bible, I'm teaching a class right now, and, and the third step we'll get to in a second about our ministry tools and training class we have available. I'm teaching a class right now out of 2 Peter, and actually the next book study is 2 Peter, so you're going to get it in just a couple of weeks. And it talks about seven things that you are to add to your faith that deals with seven steps of spiritual growth and maturity. And the very first thing you're to add to your faith is virtue. And then the next thing it doesn't say the next thing to add is knowledge. Knowledge comes after virtue, but knowledge it doesn't say add to your faith virtue, add to your faith knowledge. It says add to your faith virtue and add to virtue knowledge. And that's the way it's set up. And so because that's how the Lord raises his children, First Baptist Church has designed a way to cast our vision so that you understand the path of growth is a biblical path of growth to help facilitate your growth and development in the Lord. So these 17 lessons that so many people have gone through is a very valuable tool. But can I encourage you and remind you that it is not the totality of your growth and development in the Lord. I would compare these 17 lessons that are taught one-on-one with elementary school. So when you finish elementary school, that's a great thing. And if you're a parent, your kid finishes that, and they're moving into junior high, high school, you're like, wow, where have the years gone? Okay, so they're growing up. But, man, if your kids stop there, um, you know, hopefully they can get a job. But, you know, it might be tough. And uh, you want to continue to grow. You know, tell your kids get an education. Okay, so we have a third step, and we call that engage. That's the third of the four. And, and basically this would be the set of classes for everybody who has faithfully finished step one and continuing, but, and step two, but faithfully completed that 17-lesson series of personal discipleship. These are now classroom studies that are offered on Thursday nights. This is an extra night of the week. It is an extra commitment of your time. It is an extra sacrifice. And we go from 6.30 at night to about 8.30 at night on Thursday night, and it lasts for two years. And there's six specific classes we go through, and I think we have the list of the classes up as well. And so in the first year, we have those three classes. In the second year, we have those three classes. And these classes, again, the, the, the name of the, of the series of, of teaching is Ministry Tools and Training. Because literally, that's all those classes describe for you. They give you the tools that you need and the training that you need on how to use the tools so that you can be a more effective minister of the Word of God. 
so that you can be an effective minister of Jesus Christ. I don't want to embarrass anybody by raising their hand, but think in your mind, who really doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be a more effective, equipped minister of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, if that's a desire of yours, and I assume that it's a desire of most all of yours, I would encourage you, walk through the system. Step one, step two, and now step number three. And these ministry tools and training uh, classes are done as a classroom on purpose. We finish the one-on-one. We've done a lot of personal interaction and helping you work through the very personal issues of your life. You, you make a very dear friend that likely you will keep that friend for the rest of your life that you went through discipleship with. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You have kind of this big brother relationship going on for the rest of your life, and you love each other and encourage each other, but by the time you get to this level, you don't necessarily need individualized hand-holding. What you need now is to just kind of man up and take on your responsibility and learn the information and start to apply it yourself because you're ready and capable to apply it yourself. And you say, well, that's a lot of time. Yeah, it is a lot of time. Uh, Is it worthy to you? Does it matter? Is it worth your time to maybe put aside something else you're doing for two school years? We take the summers off. September till the end of May, take the summer off. September to the end of May. And every year we graduate people through this. So right now, for example, in our elementary discipleship, uh, we have currently about 90 people who are discipling 90 people. And in our ministry tools and training, we currently have graduated about 90 people so far with about 20 more that are going to graduate at the end of the spring. And so we have 100, 110 people that have completed this level of education. And, And I would compare, if you're just roughly giving an idea, I would compare this level of Bible understanding and education, kind of like high school. Um, So the idea being that generally in our society, why do you do that that way? Well, I do it this way because generally in our society, everybody goes to high school. I mean, with rare exception, everybody finishes high school, right? And if you don't, then somebody's encouraging you to go back and make sure you finish or get your GED or whatever you got to do because everybody kind of needs at least a minimum of a high school education. Well, I would say in your spiritual growth and development with the Lord, everybody needs this. Everybody needs this. You need to know those subjects. You need to understand the philosophy of being able to make disciples for the rest of your life because that is the mission. Go and make disciples of all nations. You need to understand the process of growth and maturity like in 2 Peter I mentioned so that you understand where you're at and what is next for yourself and for those you are training. You need to understand practical personal evangelism. If you're not actively doing that, maybe you just need better tools and encouragement on how to do that. So evangelism and discipleship, be fruitful and multiply. You need to have the tools and know how to do that, right? And then how to study the Bible, how to feed yourself. Praise the Lord, other people feed us. Praise the Lord for sermons and pastors and authors of books and and things that help us. But at the end of the day, man, there's nothing like God just taking his word and teaching you, right? And so you need to know the keys and the tools to be able to take the word of God and break it down and feed yourself. And then ultimately, you can feed others as well. And then the last two classes, understanding your walk with God is a study of Romans 6, 7, and 8. And the idea of your spiritual, what does it really mean to walk in the Spirit? I mean, what, what does that really look like? Well, that's what that class is all about. And then spiritual gifts. God has supernaturally gifted every single born-again Christian. Don't you want to know what your spiritual gift is? Don't you want to know how to best apply it? Don't you want to best understand God specifically made me this way so that I can be effective 
for his kingdom in a particular way that he designed. Boy, you need to know that. I mean, you really do. So everybody needs to go to high school, right? Everybody, my goal is that every single member of First Baptist Church will find the time and work their way through this level. It's just that important. It's just that important. And listen, that's how, that's how we really grow. Okay, so the last of them, then we're calling it's lead. And so to lead, ultimately, um, you know, Captain Obvious, uh, you know, by the, before you get to lead, you have to have successfully completed, I mean, if step four, <laughs> you know, pre- prerequisites are steps one, two, and three. So leaders in this church are going to be people who have completed the first three levels. Uh, regardless of who they are and how they are. The way that we live this out is through our in-house Bible Institute called Living Faith Bible Institute. I think we have a website for you. And that's just lfbi.org. And you can go and you can look at it. And there are new classes that are cranking up this week. And, and we currently have about 15 students that are actively pursuing classes in the Living Faith Bible Institute. This is a cooperative effort with other like-minded pastors and churches. But we've been doing this now for the last year together with them, and uh, we were doing some things on our own before that, but this is really uh, just a great final step. So this would kind of be like a university education. In fact, it's a four-year part-time Bible Institute. So it'll take four years of your life but it's a part-time deal, so you still keep your job and all that, and you can do it. And when you're done, you'll have accomplished in a, a, the cash equivalent of a fully accredited associate's degree. And we're actually working on offering even more credits that could potentially even roll into an actual bachelor's degree. But at this point, we offer this. The idea simply is that an individual, if you come and be a part of growing with us at First Baptist Church, If you're a guest, if you're new so far, you kind of like us, but you're still figuring it out, know this. At First Baptist Church, we have available for you where you can get started from, from your very infancy in Christ, you just come to know the Lord, to grow all the way to the point where you can be trained and ordained and sent out to be a pastor of your own church someday without ever having to leave this church during your training. I mean, that, that is, let me just tell you something. That doesn't happen everywhere. And I'm not trying to pat us on the back. I'm just telling you, this is how we have chosen to manifest the vision of God's word as he's given it to us. And I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, it's pretty cool. Listen, if you want to know what to do and how to get started, this is what to do. And this is how to get started. And so, you know, I said inform and so you've been informed how about that Uh, maybe you've noticed there's these four big circles red circles around the wall out in the lobby under those circles is a little shelf with brochures go grab a brochure if you want to be reminded or look at it stick them in your bible use them as bookmarks do whatever you want but this is the vision this is what we're all about okay it's growing people up in the lord and reaching other people what other vision should we this is ministry And let me just say, all of you can, of course, all of you can participate. It's our prayer that you will. And maybe you're here and maybe you currently serve in some capacity. Maybe you do some physical service to help our church function. Man, can I tell you, thank you. I'm so thankful for 
guys that shovel snow. I'm thankful for people that serve coffee. I'm thankful, certainly, for everybody who helps minister with our children. I'm thankful for uh, we have an awareness team that makes sure that we're safe. Um, I mean, we have a lot of people that do a lot of things to help serve, and that's a wonderful thing. But, man, that service, whatever it is, should drive you to this path. It should drive you to always learn more, always be more equipped, always be, be being challenged and growing in the Lord. And so start at step one. Start at step one. And before we go on to the next thing, can I just remind you that, like I said, leadership, leadership comes from people who have finished the first three. Uh, you want to wonder about deacons? Uh, what is a deacon? Well, a deacon, by definition, is a servant of the church, a minister, right? I mean, wouldn't you want to know that the deacons have at their disposal all of the tools and all of the training that they need in order to carry out their duty? Of course. So these are the kinds of things that we look for when we're looking for people to lead. So we have people who are not church staff people who are leading life groups. All of those people that are leading life groups are people who would have successfully walked through the path through the first three steps. They may never, you may never sign up for the Bible Institute. That's, that's fine. I get it. That's okay. But man, get, get your high school education. You know, Get what you need so that you can be an effective minister. Um, and, and at a minimum, let me just say this, if, if you're kind of just looking in from the side still, I, I hope that you at least at a minimum appreciate the fact that this system that we've developed, what it does is it levels the playing field. In other words, it, there's no room for personal favoritism or seniority. What it does is, is, it, is it just gives us this simple, measurable way to determine who is willing to walk ahead and who is not. And the people who are willing to walk ahead, there will be room for them to continue to walk ahead until they're ready to be sent out and continue to walk and lead other people in other places. And so I know that from my perspective, man, that encourages me that there is a system in place that anybody, no matter who you are, regardless if you think you know the right people, none of that matters. Show up and get involved, and God will use you. It's, it's the greatest thing. So I put this in your notes just to encourage you. What we're praying for, we're praying for proven faithfulness and fruitfulness. Why? Well, because that's why God made us. That's the purpose for our life. So that's what we're praying for. We're praying that God will give us more and more faithfulness, more and more fruitfulness. Okay, that's the informed part. So let's, let's talk a little bit about how we can be challenged through this. There's been some personal challenge. I couldn't help but kind of jump into that earlier. But listen, can we, just, can we just open our hearts? Can we just consider each of us? Okay, so many of you I know have heard this before. Many of you are thinking, you know, where am I going for lunch today? Or, you know, I'm going to watch that Cowboys game later. I get it. So even if the information for some of you is review for the third or fourth time can, can i challenge you even now just for the next little bit maybe the next 15 20 minutes would you open your hearts and just consider allowing the lord to speak to you personally where am i where should i be okay i knew the information but where am i i came to church today to be encouraged and challenged well hopefully that's what we'll see and so man get on the path so the, the thing I want us to see under the topic of challenge is my vision for FBC. My vision. Okay, so 
I am the senior pastor of this church. I have been given the job description to cast vision, to give direction, to put it out there in such a way that you can understand so that then you can be challenged and you can respond. So that's the issue. What is the specific application that I see God's given me for this church? I mean, this really is where the general vision, which is the path of growth, our values, our mission, our vision, this is where it should challenge you personally. So if you were with us last week, you would have seen, and even if you weren't with us, in Genesis chapter 1, when God begins to create life, he says that all living things reproduce, and here's the key little phrase, after their kind. After his kind. Fish or the fowls or the beasts or human beings, everything reproduces after his own kind. Okay? And so, with that idea, we saw that we as Christians are now sons of God. We should reproduce after our kind, creating more Christian sons and daughters of God, right? Lead more people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But if you read through Genesis chapter 1 and into Genesis chapter 2, where then, you know, God takes the rib from Adam and he creates Eve, and, you know, they're the first husband and wife, and ultimately they're going to begin to have the first children and, and all that sort of thing. And, and, and if you start to study and just look through this, this picture that's being painted. Yes, it was literally true. Yes, physically, they literally were the beginning of the population of planet Earth, human population. But there are spiritual lessons to be learned. So when we think about the husband-wife illustration and how God started it out, there is this principle in a marriage that we understand, and this is in your notes. If you have a healthy love relationship with one another in a marriage, the natural result is always going to be reproduction. A healthy love relationship will result in reproduction. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, right? And so I get it, I get it. Not every couple has children, and if they don't, you know, you're not saying I don't love my husband. No, I'm not saying that. But I want you to understand that generally speaking, generally speaking, people fall in love, get married, and desire to have children. It's the normal path, right? And so when a couple that desires that cannot have children for some reason, that means that something is wrong, right? Something is wrong. That they're going to pray like crazy. They're going to go to the doctor. They're going to do whatever they need to do because, man, we want children, but, you know, we're not having kids. What's, what's going on? And uh, so what we find is, is that, man, this is, this is kind of a big deal because if you want children in, in this marriage context and can't have them, and, and I know there's people who, man, they suffer with that. Well, there's really only two options. There's either something wrong with one of your bodies, there's something physically wrong medically, or there's something wrong with your relationship. Because maybe you're physically capable, but your relationship is so jacked that, you know, you just, you're not together much. And so that's really the lesson. Listen, a healthy, good relationship leads to offspring. I mean, it just does. It's just that simple. So each of us have an individual, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So we need to have an individual application of this vision. And the individual application is this. 
Each one reach one. Each one reach one. Uh, can I challenge you to do that this year? We talked about this last week. If each and every one of us that names the name of Jesus Christ, he is my Lord, he is my Savior, he is my best friend. I love him. I want to develop my relationship with him in the strongest possible way, the most healthy possible way, the most intimate, interpersonal way with the Lord Jesus Christ that I can. And so I will ask my Lord, my friend, can we see new life come to fruition? Can we see people be saved? Lord, would you allow me to lead somebody to Jesus Christ in 2017? And then bring them into the fellowship of this body. Because what do you do with new babies when you have them? You take them home. You take them home and you care for them. So it is possible that you lead somebody to the Lord, you know, over the internet. It is possible that you lead somebody to the Lord while you're on vacation in Florida. But I'm talking about each one of us prayerfully go after, I mean literally prayerfully beg God. Okay, I just read through the book of Genesis again. And maybe some of you have gotten this far into Genesis where Jacob and Rachel and Rachel couldn't have a baby. And, and she was bugging her, and she's like, man, give me children, Lord, or else I die. I can't exist unless I have some children, she said. Man, what a challenge that was to my heart. Man, could each of us prayerfully say that I will lead somebody to the Lord Jesus in 2017 and get him to be a part of this local church? Man, what a great person. Is that a huge goal? That's not a huge goal. I mean, it's only in the middle of January so far. We've got 11 and a half months for you to prayerfully, I mean, just ask God to open doors of utterance for you to be able to reach somebody for Jesus. Man, and you think that's just too much for me. Well, let's ask God to do it. I mean, let's pray, let's believe. Let's go for this thing. Because if we'll do that, you know, the math is simple. Look around. We're gonna have to have two services. You say, you wanna have two services? Sure, why not? I mean, praise the Lord. Is it more work? Yeah, it's more work. Hey, listen, here's one thing I know. Well, I'm not the greatest expert in the world, but I, you know, I've had, we've had a couple of kids, my wife and I. And let me tell you this, and I think, you'll, I, think you'll, I think you'll see this, right? Every time you have a baby, there's pain involved, ladies, men, there are, and, and it's expensive, right? Every time you have a kid, it's expensive. And I'm learning that as they get older, it just gets more expensive. So <laughs> it happens. But the idea is, man, you love your kids. You're so thrilled. You're so full of joy that you're like, man, of course. Of course I'm willing to spend the time and the money and the effort and the pain and the tears or whatever. Of course. Man, I love my kids. So that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do as a church. Man, we want to have that kind of a relationship, right? We want to have our relationship, each of us as an individual, to the point of individual health so that Man, we can reproduce a new Christian. I mean, the Lord does it, but would you do it through me? I mean, that's the prayer, right? So maybe part of your commitment in 2017 is that you're going to get back on the path where maybe you got off the path so that your relationship with the Lord can continue to grow at whatever the next step is, depending on wherever you see yourself in the mirror of God's Word, right? Because the natural life cycle is this. A baby is born, we have babies. As parents, man, we're concerned about the health of the baby, right? And, and how do we know whether the baby's healthy or not? Well, unless there's real symptoms of sickness. Basically, we go to the doctor every month or whatever, and they measure, are they growing? 
And as long as that baby's growing and all the, you know, the parameters seem to be okay, we figure, well, all right, he's healthy. And so the key is, you know, we pray for children. Do you want a boy or a girl? Whatever. What I want is a healthy child. That's what I want. That's what I pray for. Okay, so with that being the case, man, health naturally leads to growth, doesn't it? But here's the thing. Growth, physically speaking, is only incidental to the real goal, which is reproduction. Because here's the thing. That child is going to grow and grow and grow until they get about the size of these folks sitting over here, right? 16, 17, 18 years old, and thankfully they stop growing, right? Because we can only buy so much food. And so they stop growing physically, right? And then eventually they will marry, and eventually they will continue to reproduce and have children, and we have grandkids, and we're happy, and all that stuff. Okay, well, that's the same thing spiritually, that we should have a healthy relationship with the Lord so that we grow as individuals. But eventually, it's not that you stop growing spiritually, don't misunderstand me there, but the idea is ultimately that health and growth should lead to a point of spiritual reproduction. I mean, it just should. It's just the natural life cycle. That's what it is. And so if you emphasize health in your relationship, the growth should take care of itself, but ultimately it'll be manifest in reproduction. So that's an individual application, but I have a corporate application as well. And so the corporate application would be that we see new churches birthed, birth new churches. And I use that terminology on purpose because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is a living organism. It is the body of Christ. Oh, and it is the bride of Christ. So we go back to the marriage illustration, Adam and Eve, right? And if there is a healthy love relationship between the bride and the bridegroom, the natural result should be reproduction after its kind. And so if a church is a living organism, and it is, and if it's the bride of Christ, and it is, and has a healthy love relationship with the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, and it should, the natural result should be offspring of new churches. Offspring of new churches. And whether those new churches are in Prague in the Czech Republic or whether they're, you know, 20 miles down the road in another city in Ohio, we should see reproduction of our corporate life. That is, if our corporate health is what it should be. Because our corporate health, friends, is nothing more than the accumulation of the individual health of each and every one of us. Our body behaves at a certain level, but our body is made up of Christians who are at varying levels in their personal growth and development. But God looks for this kind of a thing with churches also. I give you Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. It says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. What was multiplied? Oh, the churches were multiplied. The churches were multiplied. So that's what we have to see. We have to pray. We have to beg God or this won't happen. We have to see God move in such a way that our natural, healthy love relationship with him as a body gets to the point where it's like, oh, this, this church, man, she's ready to give birth to a new church. And so if we do that locally in Ohio, in the United States of America, well, that would be like our Judea and Samaria. 
If we do it globally, right, like through our missionary partners, but ultimately raising up our own missionaries to send out, right, that would be very healthy. So that would be like the uttermost part of the world, right? And, and listen, don't kid yourself. Your bridegroom, our bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, he wants this, amen? He wants this. So if it doesn't happen, it's because there's something wrong with the bride, not the bridegroom, right? He's perfect. He's, he's, got, he's made his will known. And so here's my challenge to you because at the end of the day, and just hear my heart, all I can do as your pastor is feed you and lead you. But how you respond is up to you. You have to decide. And, and let me just tell you, if, and, 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 and again, you know, love me, please, but if First Baptist Church as a corporate body for years on just for whatever reason never seems capable of ever reproducing itself in the life of other churches, I mean, I'll do it. I'll, I will do it. I will go and I will do it. Um, I, I, that's, I'm not a threat. It's not a th- I'm not trying to, I'm not, don't, don't read it the wrong way. I'm just telling you, we have to do this. And I believe we will. I believe we can, and I believe we will. And I'm excited about the path of growth, and I'm excited about all the people that are coming through, and there's plenty of room for more of you all to jump in. I'm excited for the students that are training in the Living Faith Bible Institute. I'm excited for the vision, and I believe that these things are going to happen. But I'm telling you all, like Rachel, give us children or else we die. We have to have this, and we have to go forward with this. It's that important. So this spring, for example... We will be able to rejoice. To every spring, we rejoice with those who complete uh, ministry tools and training. But this spring, for the first time, we're going to rejoice together with our first two Living Faith Bible Institute graduates. And, and we're going to have, man, a party, and we're going we're gonna to see that, and we're going to have an ordination. I mean, it's going to be a big, hairy deal, okay? Can you say that? That's what it's going to be. It's going to be awesome. Big honking deal. I don't know why you say it. It's how it's going to be. It's going to be fun. Because First Baptist Church, man, is a place where any serious Christian, any serious student of the Bible who desires to grow and have fruit that remains can find their place. That excites me. That does. I I hope it excites you too. It's a place where you can grow, where you can be trained for a lifetime of fruitful ministry. And coming behind these two guys are a bunch more. And uh, so my question to us, church, is what will the rest of us do to help facilitate that this process continues to go on fruitfully and, help and, 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 and regularly? Well, one thing we need to do is we need to support it. We need to support it financially. We need to support it prayerfully. But we need to also feel a part. We need to rejoice with them. We need to pray with and for them. Man, this is, I, I get it. It's not for everybody. Not all of you are signing up and going out and starting new things. If you're like me, you know, you're at the stage of life where, you know, the energy, you know, it's dwindling. I get it. But man, I can still get excited about the guys who are doing it, right? I can still throw my hat in and help to teach them what little bit God's taught me so far. And that's what I want to do, and that's what you can do as well. And so, man, we need to pray Man, we need to have, listen, y'all, we need to do more than just have Sunday service. Don't you agree? I mean, we need to have a lot more going on than just that. 
We need to be a house of prayer, and we need to beg God to do new things. And we need to put around us people who want to do it together. And if in 2017 you begin to see things change and shift and be tweaked a little bit here and there, it's only because what we're doing is we're trying to facilitate the vision and the growth that God's given us. It is that important. But for some of you, for some of you, and I don't know who you are, you know before the Lord, you need to make a decision today. You need to decide. Enough of sitting on the sidelines. Enough thinking, yeah, I'm interested in that someday. Some of you need to decide today, I'm all in. I'm going all the way. I'm going to start to put aside other things in my schedule. I'm going to make time for these things. And I'm going to get a hold of this before I'm too old, before it's too late. While I still have the opportunity, I'm all in, and I'm going to run for it. That's my challenge to you. Because, man, I'm telling you, as we start to get more people like Deb Fox that go out from our body and we get other people that are sent out and doing things, man, I mean, it's just, a, it's just fun. It's exciting to think what God is doing. And it could be you. You could be a part of it as well. So I don't know exactly where you're at, where you determine you're at. That's for you to determine before the Lord where you're at on the path of growth. I'm going to remind you of another famous verse about vision, Habakkuk chapter 2. And verse number two, where it says, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. My job as your pastor is to write the vision and to make it plain. I have done my job. Your job is to run. So it's, your, you know, it's up to you. If you're already running, rejoice in the knowledge and the confidence that you're running. If you haven't been, Okay, consider the challenge. Consider what God has for you. And I've got two little simple questions in your notes. I hope it doesn't offend you, but I want you to think. I want you to think. Do you love the Lord? Of course, everybody would say, I love the Lord. I'm in church. I'm listening to you. (laughs) I mean, I got to love the Lord if I'm going to do that. I'm not offended at all if you think that. Do you love the Lord? Okay, self-introspection. Do you have an intimate, personal relationship with him? Let me tell you, if by chance you're here and you're not even sure what that means, please come talk to me. Please talk to somebody who invited you. Grab somebody from this church and ask them how you can know that you can know that you can have eternal life in Jesus Christ because that's why we're here, to help people like you know that you can know. But most of you would say you already know that. So let me ask you another question. When's the last time you've reproduced yourself spiritually? You see, that gets a little trickier, doesn't it? I mean, what if somebody were to actually come to you? What if they were to come to you and challenge your statement? I love the Lord. Oh, really? Prove it. Well, that's hard to challenge, right? Because you don't know how I feel. Because love the Lord is not quantifiable, right? It's not quantifiable. It's not quantitative. It's qualitative. It's about the quality of my life and how I live it. That may be hard to demonstrate sometimes. Sure, I love the Lord. How dare you ask me? Well, the next question is, can you measure it? And the reason I went through all this is because spiritual reproduction is a way you can measure it. I have two children. I know who they are. I know their names. I know where they live. I can introduce you to them. What about spiritual children? 
Do you know who they are? Do you know their names? Do you know where they live? I mean, when's the last time that you have had fruit of reproduction in your spiritual life? Well, some of you are very fruitful. It's a wonderful thing. A lot of us kind of just leave that up to the experts and try and just think that living a good life is just going to be enough. But it's not enough. We have to open up our mouths and we have to actually do things to make it happen. But reproduction, unlike love, is easier to measure, is it not? And here's the key. The measurable one, children, is the natural result of the immeasurable one, the love. So if you can't put your finger on children, how is your love relationship going with the Lord? So we don't have, in the body of Christ, we don't have a physical problem with having children. It has to only be a relational problem in having children. That's my challenge to you. Let's give us children, Lord, lest we die. Because if we don't have visible fruit of reproduction as individuals, and if ultimately we don't have visible fruit of reproduction as a church, well, there's room for improvement, would you say? There's room for improvement. Let's, uh, let's all pray together. We're done. With your heads bowed and your eyes